Hey, Lori. Hey. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. I know. I'm so popular. You just need me here all the time. You don't know what to do without me. I really do. But also, <laughs> there's some people that have never heard of you. So you should definitely introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lori. I'm a uh, staff software engineer at Gatsby. I help maintain MDX. Uh, I do TC39 things. And sometimes when I find time, I make egghead videos and write blog posts. Man, that's a really long list. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> What's TC39? Um, so TC39 is the standards committee for uh, ECMAScript, which is the standards that JavaScript are based off of. I work on the TC39 educators committee, which means um, people who get involved with TC39 like to argue about syntax. And my mm. job is to explain to everyone what syntax they're arguing about so they can join in on the fun. Oh, that sounds like professional Twitter. Uh, professor, professional um, support of trolls feels like the most um, depressing way to look at it. No, I think it's I, I think it's great for people who aren't just kind of the the in the weeds folks to know what's mm -hmm. coming so that they can weigh in because oftentimes uh, enterprise use cases or um, there's all kinds of use cases that like the typical person paying attention to TC39 doesn't know about. And so it's important mm. that we get more voices involved. And that means they need to know what we're even discussing. That makes a lot of sense, given your background in like enterprise consulting and also the content that I've seen you put out around sort of like JavaScript syntax that's <laughs> up and coming, right? I literally uh, just like writing things where I'm like, this is how this works. Now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what's what's the what's the next thing? What's the what's your like? This is how this works. Next, like super exciting thing that you uh, are aware of. Um, so oh, I always forget the term for this, which you know is really useful on a podcast where I can't actually show you things. Um, <laughs> but you know how you can do plus equals to, mm -hmm. to for expressions. So they're talking about doing those um, with like Boolean comparative operators. So like okay. question mark equals um, or and equals or or equals. There's a term for it. It's like conditional expressions or something. I don't know, mm -hmm. but it's it's really wonky and cool. And it's one of those things that like no one knows why they need it. And I guarantee you once they pass it, it's going to be everywhere. <laughs> so this is like the replacement for like the if this and that then right. that variable thing. Right. Ooh. I'm excited. I know. I kind of like it. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff, right? There's like 20 proposals at once. But that one kind of struck me as something I never would have come up with on my own, but mm -hmm. I could see use cases for. And those are always my favorite because there it feels like there shouldn't be that many of those left. Like we mm -hmm. should have done all the things that are obvious by now, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something. Now, if we could just get pattern matching in, I think everyone in the universe would be happy. Oh, man, I really want pattern matching. That thing has been in proposal land for forever. I don't know. I, apparently, so pattern matching had a champion um, and that champion kind of had other stuff going on. And it's recently mm. been picked up by someone new. So there is hope that it is finally going to make it to the finish line. I, I know who that person is and I know what the proposal is because I've read it yeah. uh, because I'm super excited about pattern matching. So. I it's I'm good. super excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my thing is I've been, I was sitting there waiting for like a good year, two years for optional training and nullish coalescing to go in. 
Uh, I was mm. just sitting there and I was like, come on, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. And then it happened. <laughs> and now I'm like, it's almost like a part of me has died. Like, what am I waiting for now? I got everything <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> and can I just say the amount of times I use optional chaining every day is just like seriously concerning. <laughs> <laughs> I just waited for it for so long. I, I, I need to use it wherever. You also, didn't make up for all the years we didn't have it, you know? I mean, to be fair, like, please, I say this, I do a talk about this, but uh, please do not use optional chaining to access, you know, like any key or value on an object, please. Like, that's mm. not what it's there for. It's genuinely there to be a conditional accessor please don't just throw it everywhere there will be so many silent errors your coworkers will hate you <laughs> but if you um, actually I, don't care it's okay <laughs> if you don't care about your coworkers hating you put you it everywhere you don't care That's if the object <laughs> you're gonna put that as like the teaser for this episode no if you don't if you don't care if uh your value exists it's like a really nice thing to be able to use Awesome. <laughs> now you're just trolling me because apparently I troll people for a living. <laughs> You've said some really nice things about me to other people, so I can only say nice things about you. I try. Is that how that quid pro quo works? Wow, I can speak today. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's okay. I woke up this morning to reply, guys, in my Twitter mentions, um, trying to explain to me that when I said... so. I ask people what syntax they struggle with because I actually think that's a really fascinating conversation to see what things, despite the fact that they work in a language, aren't intuitive. And maybe if we just like move some characters around, people would remember them and therefore they would be more useful because mm. things that people look up all the time tend to also be bugs that people create all the time, at least in my personal opinion. And so I ask people what syntax they don't like. And be, when you're asking people to share things that they don't do well, you tend to want to be vulnerable with them and give them an example that applies to you, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, um, string literals in React. And I got 5 million people saying string literals are an ECMAScript concept, not a React concept. And I was like, yes, thank you. I am aware. <laughs> I literally said string literals in React because the minute you got to put that second level of curly braces, I, my brain seems to go like, what? Huh? Huh? Mm -hmm. But when they're just string literals, I have no problem with them. So I literally meant what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, yes, I am aware of what string literals in JavaScript are. Thank you for explaining it to me. <laughs> just to troll people, I should just write a new syntax post where I talk about string literals in JavaScript. Actually, that's exactly what I'm going to do tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, I can hold you to that commitment. <laughs> that feels like the ultimate troll. Hi, you think I don't know what this is? Welcome. <laughs> I've seen people do things like, um, ship intentionally slightly wrong code on twitter and talk about it oh, just God. to see the reaction from people but but oh man that seems so masochistic <laughs> I some of it okay so some of it is extremely blatant right like somebody recently just did like uh oh, are you talking about cat when she made the joke where she was like, if numbering, oh my God, I love yeah. her. She's, yeah. she's honestly the funniest person I've ever met. And the replies on that were truly legendary where they're like, well, no, like you just use modulo. And she's like, no, no, I th I'm thinking a for loop might be cleaner than what I used, but maybe reduce. I haven't decided yet. And she's just trolling them. It's going totally over their heads. And 
<laughs> and I feel bad, right? Because someone who's new to coding who comes to that and they're like, okay, I genuinely want to use this as an opportunity to like improve my refactoring skills and think about a mm-hmm. cleaner way to do this. But the people who are just being smart asses, like, go away. <laughs> She's not serious. <laughs> Twitter is a dangerous place to write code. That is the moral of this podcast episode. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your next uh, next Twitter code troll tweet. Um, you do so many like very like heartwarming and like uh, educational like this is this and this is that kind of tweets. And I'm just ready for the one that's exactly like that. Just right in the middle of that thread of like heartwarming educational tweets. And one of them is just like completely off the back end i'm not not brave enough to do it because as we saw i get reply guys for talking about string literals and react and i just i lost my patience this morning there were like 10 responses and to be fair so we all love dan abramoff right really well-meaning guy does a lot to educate people he came in and asked me what i meant because he actually cared Because Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, weird syntax. I would like to know why you think it's weird and why you can't remember it. Maybe we can do something about it. Mm -hmm. And he did that right before I went to bed. So a bunch of people tried to answer for me overnight, thinking that I didn't know what I meant and that I misspoke. And I come back this morning. I'm like, no, no, literally meant what I said. And he's like, oh, that's really useful. Yeah, we've tried to put string literals directly in there so you don't have to deal with the secondary curly braces, but there's a bunch of legacy code that it breaks. Super reasonable response. Totally understand why that's the case. And a bunch of people are like, oh, that's what you meant. I was like, uh, mm, I give up. <laughs> it's fine. I, I had to do some work with something called HTM, which is like a, a runtime JavaScript, not runtime JavaScript. Yeah, runtime JavaScript, right? <laughs> Uh, runtime uh, JSX basically kind of implementation, but it uses okay. template literals for everything. Uh, oh. So like you, it, it, gets, it gets even worse than like the JSX that you're talking about right here. It's like open, uh, open uh, left arrow bracket. I don't less than oh, whatever. God. And then you start immediately with like a tag a template literal, and then you have to write the component like reference in no, there and then no. you have to close the template literal no. and then you have to continue the whole block so and I, still do the same stuff I, i'm we talked about this before we started recording i'm currently working on like refactoring what was basically poc code um mm-hmm. proof of concept by the way i try not to use acronyms so working on refactoring that right now and there's so much CSS and JS in there, which is like something I semi-admittedly <laughs> hate. Uh, sorry, coworkers, Max and Jackson and stuff who have like built incredible platforms on that. Um, <laughs> but it's it, I like clean uh, components that are, are like parent components that kind of blend together and mesh together a bunch of different things for basically a page view. I like Mm -hmm. just being able to look at that at the top level. And there's so much CSS and JS in there that like from a readability standpoint, I'm like, no, this refactoring doesn't look any prettier. I don't like this. (laughs) (laughs) You just want it to be clean, right? And be like, oh yeah, I see the nice indentation line going there. It's the pretty little like embedded pyramid of React components. It's all beautiful. (laughs) It's what I want. And no, you've got all these like extra curly braces and key value pairs and just like table flip. Not what I I want. (laughs) I have to admit that I've completely given up on like the concept of clean code or whatever. (sighs) Like 
somebody will say something to me and they'll be like, uh, I'll, I'll write code like this with like a space here in this random spot. And I'll be like, all right, cool. So, and I'll be like, but that doesn't work. <laughs> so John O'Tander and I have a joke that like he, so obviously we all subscribe to the make it work or make it, yeah, make it work, make it right, make it pretty kind of mentality. Make it fast mm-hmm. if you want to add that one on there. We all subscribe yep. to that. John's definition of make it work is like the literal floor. <laughs> and so I I keep kind of trying to push the envelope and sending him essentially troll level tweets version of like brute force code that I just got working. <laughs> and I sent it to him and he, and he just responds, ship it every time. And I'm like, what is the floor? <laughs> really? I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is literally the hackiest thing I can even think up in my brain of how to do this that i could make this prettier in five seconds and it would still be floor level code and you're like <laughs> ship it <laughs> and i can't tell he jokes he's like i know i really like that's where my bar is i'm like no i think you're just trying to be supportive and you don't know if i think this is good code or not but i'm a little disturbed <laughs> like it scares me for what you would approve I, it just scares me. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, John himself writes really great code and can produce really quality stuff. So I'm just like, I- I'm not. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if you're trolling me or not. Like, are you trolling my troll? I am unsure. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had conversations with John like that, where it's like, hey, we should do it like this. And he's like, we could. I'm like really bad idea (laughs) (laughs) his literal i think his like default response is why not (laughs) and this i mean (laughs) for podcast listeners this is probably really not fun because they're like who's this random person who we both have (laughs) happened to have worked very closely with um but no the the idea of clean code i think is is kind of a misnomer everyone's definition is different for me i want code to be as easily understood by someone onboarding into the code base as possible, especially working mm-hmm. in open source, right? Like if I build something, I would love the community to be able to pick up fixes to it instead of having to maintain it forever because I build a lot of things and a lot of people use them. And therefore there are a lot of potential edge cases people can find, you know, over the period of the next 10 years or whatever it is. That's a very yep. idealistic view of the world, not 10 years, let's say two months. Um <laughs> And (laughs) I mean, I'm not wrong. Um, (laughs) And so uh, for me, it's yes, naming and all of that. But like, is this literally structured in a way that someone can tell what was going on? And, you know, if I really want to, I control you right now because I was just you know, messing with some of your old code from like a year ago. Give it to me. Give it to me. What is this? <laughs> so prettier had messed up with the Ooh. way that it was displaying the code in my browser. And mm-hmm. you had a bunch of uh, change like dot reduce dot map dot find type codes, mm-hmm. but Not they had all like been put on one line. So I didn't know they were there because they were trailing off the edge of my screen. So I was trying to find this bug and I was like, oh. where is this? And I didn't realize that what I was looking at was being completely transformed in this giant line of code I couldn't really read. And so by the end of it, I, I found the bug, fixed it, committed it. And then three weeks later, I happened to have some time and I said, uh, does anyone mind if I just turn this into a for each so this never, ever happens again? <laughs> 
And to be fair, by the time I had found the bug and made the change, it made sense to be a for each anyway, because I was adding a you had a dot find and then I had to have a dot map and then a Boolean at the end to like um to filter the rest or dot filter Boolean. And I was like, okay, no, you can't have a find, a map, and a find and a filter. Like, no. <laughs> and that was and that was on top of I think like a filter and a map and a reduced in the first place. I was like, uh-uh, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> no one will ever, ever it took me honestly two days and like twenty 20 console logs to even figure out what was happening. <laughs> was like, what? See, but that's a great example of like a time that I failed at writing clean code, right? Like stuff I probably understood at the time that I was writing it took you two days to get through. And you're a very accomplished developer. Like you're, you're not some rando that's coming onto the project for the first time. It's like, Ooh, Gatsby, I'll click into this random folder. I wonder what this file does. And, and <laughs> I mean, but to be fair, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, what is happening? And the, Oh, so here's the gnarly piece that I haven't explained to you. So it was working in probably 95% of the use cases because 95% Ooh. of the use cases were going through React and React's right. resolve mes- method is greedy, which means that it didn't matter whether the full path extension was correct. It was finding the right file. When it d- React, why did I just say that? Webpack. It's, <laughs> it's resolve message is greedy. When it didn't go through Webpack, it needed the full qualified path with the appropriate yep. extension and it wasn't getting it. It was getting just the extension. It never got concatenated with the rest of the file name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you never would have known if you weren't going through this one like code path to get to this function because 95% of the time Webpack was like, oh yeah, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why overloading stuff in common JS is a bad idea because require and resolve <laughs> mean oh, different stuff man. in different, like depending on what technology picks it up. Why did Node and Webpack do this? Like I know why, but also I'm mad at them. <laughs> yes. Like like why as in like con why? Like <laughs> just, I mean, I've said this a million times, but I think like the hardest part of solving any problem or writing any code is the fact, or at least in the front end, I mean, it's true in the back end, but I actually think back end is better at this. In front end, we have a bunch of layered technologies sitting on top of each other and like integrating with each other in the same file, like in the same line of code. And so being able to distinguish between what's JSX, what's React, what's Webpack, what's, you know, Gatsby, what's Node, et cetera, is relevant. And so when we do things that are literally the same function name, but different, depending on which one is actually resolving (laughs) it, that makes everything harder. True. (laughs) And now that I have ranted about debugging code. (laughs) Lori, we uh, are running out of time. I could talk to you all day. I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast again. Uh, Where can people find you? And is there anything else that you would like to say? Before we close, um, people can find me on Twitter at Lorian Tech. I've got links in there to like my site and blogs and I'm on Egghead as Lori Barth. Uh, and what would I like to say? I would like to say that everyone should come to MDX Conf on uh, <laughs> August 24th. Am I getting that date right? I believe. Yeah. 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 Because and this is particularly fun. I my entire talk is literally just trying to break MDX V2 and see if I can bust up syntax. And uh, I apologize in advance to the incredible person, Worm, who actually wrote that parser. If I break it, it's not, it's 
because I'm really <laughs> trying, like really trying. It's great code. <laughs> there we go. I wonder if this, if the that segment on John is going to be uh, rec- more recognized because of the uh, audience for this podcast specifically. Probably, probably true. Yeah, uh, John O'Tander helped build and write and maintain MDX. I just He's realized a- we never said his last name. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he he probably won't like that anyway because he goes by Jono everywhere. If you can True. find a picture of him or find a, a recording in which he actually like uses his voice, you have found the white whale. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. And on that note, thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me, Chris. Bye.